Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. It's been a while. It's been over a week since I've come to chat to you, or even since we have come to chat to you. It is me going solo again today with a little bit of a transfer link um, rundown, I suppose, today of a player that um, I think already came out of left field or right field, as the case may be, because it is a right midfielder, right winger, slash center forward, or as I feel, slash a, a second striker in Julian Alvarez from River Plate. And that's what I'm going to chat to you guys about today. Um, obviously, somebody that has been mentioned uh, in, in the news recently. Um, I think he has shot to fame by being kept in the Copa Libertadores, or sorry, the Copa America squad with Argentina this year. Um, obviously, kept there over players like Emi Buendia while, you know, playing in. Similar positions, um, you know, he was kept over Emi Buendia, but uh, he's somebody that South American um, pundits have known an awful lot about him, really, really hit the ground running this year in particular, and um, has been somebody that uh, the Argentinian footballing fraternity seemed to have been keeping an eye on for the last two to two and a half years since he burst on the scene as an 18-year-old with River Plate. Um, as we know, River Plate's a very, very famous club. We have a bit of history with River Plate previously, as it was the club that we signed Juan Pablo Angel from. And, you know, going back to, to such a historic and such a famous club in South American football, to go and sign somebody like Julian Alvarez would be a fantastic coup for a team like Aston Villa, because this isn't the first time that he's been linked with a European team. He's been linked with quite a few European teams um, over the past 12, 24, 36 months. Um, I suppose really when you go back, the big famous one is that Real Madrid um, had him over for trials and 
he looked all for the world as if he was going to sign for Real Madrid, but it just never materialized. But he went back to uh, River Plate. He knuckled down. He, um, you know, learned his trade, I suppose, or learned his trade as he began to grow and play in the men's game. And I find that that's a small bit derogatory to say, but you know what I mean by it when I say in the men's game, you know, he wasn't playing in, uh, he wasn't playing with, at his age group, he started to play at, a, at an age group of ball, or um, at the at the senior group, should I say. And and he reaped the rewards. Uh, 2019, he ended up going to the um, to the World Cup, the under-20s World Cup with, uh, with Argentina. Um, scored some goals and played a lot of games there for that team and has, has been a mainstay really in the Argentinian under-20s team so far. And as we know, made his uh, senior Argentinian debut uh, only recently, uh, this June, just gone um, as well. So he is, um, you know, he's somebody that's really, really highly thought of and he's somebody that, to be honest with you, when his name came across the across the ticker tape, you know, being linked with Aston Villa, that, you know, you can't help but get a small bit excited for somebody like this. So let's just take a quick little look at, um, at Julian Alvarez and we'll see if we can uh, decipher maybe what... Uh, where he's going to play for Aston Villa, or what's going to what 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 we're going to look like when we line up with somebody like this in the team. So let me just share up a little something that I did here. Um, so I put together this based on watching some some tape on him. I acquired, and I'm just going to put that in um in quotation marks. I acquired uh some of his scouting tape from the 2020-2021 season. Um, I also did the customary, as everybody I'm sure is listening to this podcast has done. I've done the customary watched YouTube to try and get uh, a view of his goals. But I also watched uh, some of the games that he played as well, obviously, and, and double speed. Because it's one thing watching games uh, when the comment commentary is in English and you can begin to kind of get engrossed in the game. But when the commentary is in Spanish, and I know everybody knows the, the Spanish commentators can be very, very... Um, expressive and you know when somebody scores a goal they go on forever and ever and ever uh but it, i found it i find it sometimes a spot a bit distracting because unfortunately i don't speak spanish so uh apologies for that if we do have any spanish listeners or any argentinian listeners um here i'm you've got a most beautiful language i just don't understand what people are saying when i'm watching the tape but that is a digression of the highest order. These are just some of the numbers that I pulled on Julian Alvarez. As I say, with somebody like this, I don't want to, I don't want to look at the statistics too much because I think that the statistics can be a bit misleading. Obviously, playing in in competitions in South America, you're given more uh, license to be free when you are with the ball, especially younger players. And we've seen players really tear it up in in South America. Um, and then come to Europe and maybe not be able for the rough and tumble of, of of the game. So what I wanted to do was watch him and see how he played. You know my, um, you know my my uh, motto. I think it, it as it will always be is that you want to scout the player. You don't want to scout the shirt. You want to scout the player. You don't want to scout the league that he plays in. So you want to see what he does, how he moves, and what where he gets around the field. You want to see also as well. You know, take into account the strength of opposition that he played against. So who is Julian Alvarez? Well, he's Argentinian, go figure, considering he's played for the Argentinian national team. Um, I have him pegged down. Well, most people have him pegged down to play a right wing or centre forward. I think he can. He would be mostly, if he was to sign for Aston Villa, played in the centre forward position or that second striker, maybe that number 10 role. 
I've said this million and one times before, and I think that people just think this is maybe the only thing I can say. Dean Smith signed Ross Barkley initially to be a number 10, but played him in that second striker role. Very, very close to Ollie Watkins. And I think that that's something that Dean Smith wants, wants to have fluidity in the tree to play behind Ollie Watkins and also have an option to play up top to give Watkins some minutes when uh, when he isn't, uh, you know, if, if for any reason he can't play or maybe, you know, to take him off and keep him fresh. And I think Julian Alvarez would be a nice addition from that point of view. He's five foot eight. He's right footed, you know, so he's not the tallest man in the world. And I think that's a generous five foot eight that I'm giving him. Uh, he's probably maybe a more on the five foot seven side of things, but he doesn't play small. And I think that's really, really important thing. It's a really good thing to be able to say about, about uh, a player. I'm not blessed with massive vertical uh, ability. I am not a tall man by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I hope I didn't break any hearts out there. I am not a tall man at all. I am only in and around five foot, five foot seven, five foot eight. But Julian Alvarez togs out an awful lot taller. And when you see him on the field, he doesn't look to be very, very small. He doesn't look like a Zola type when he's out in the field. You know, he doesn't look noticeably smaller than other players. Um, but, you know, he is. He's five foot eight and, and he, he he kind of moves around the field and, and, and he has feet and he's got movement like a player that, that knows he's not tall as well. Um, Looking at some of his games, I watched one of his games against Boca Juniors and he scored a header in that game. You know, he jumped, beat a, beat a person in the air at the back post, got his head to the ball. And I think that was the winner. I think it was a one nil one win against Boca Juniors in the year just gone as well. Could have been maybe the last or second last game in the season. So he does have some aerial ability but it's not going to be his strength. He he wouldn't be anywhere near an Ollie Watkins in the air. Um, but then again, Ollie Watkins has a couple of inches on him for for um, for, for jumping for the ball and for knocking the ball on for hold-up play. So Julian Alvarez is a completely different type of player. I have likened him to two similar players here based on what I've seen from him. Number one, I'm just going to go with the complete and utter stereotype of pick Argentinian player and and liking him to Julian Alvarez. But this does have a small bit of thought, nuance and reasoning towards it is Javier Saviola. So Javier Saviola, once again, was a former uh, River Plate uh, River Plate great. You know, he came to prominence at in and around the same age as Julian Alvarez uh, for River Plate, and he played quite a few games for them, and he was picked up and he was on the radar of Barcelona, and he ultimately ended up going to Barcelona and having a pretty decent record for them. I think he scored like 49 goals in 120 games or something, so you know he didn't exactly disgrace himself when he was with Barcelona. He, he performed pretty well and at a high level, but what Javier Saviola had was this trickiness about him. Once again, five foot eight, five foot nine type player as well, but his his movement, his his prowess in and around the box, his his ability to be able to drop off a centre half, link up play, and um, move to the channels, link up play from the channels as well. Could play in a could play in a front two, could play up front on his own. Um, that was the type of player that Saviola was. He didn't have the longevity as such within um within European football. Well, he did. He he stuck around European football quite a bit, but didn't have the longevity at the top, top, top level. But um, you know, there's numerous reasons as to why that doesn't ha why that didn't happen for him. The similarities, as I mentioned, between himself and, Ju and Julian Alvarez is if you look at some of the some of the games that Alvarez played this year, and you look at uh, what he likes to do is he likes to peel off into the channels. He plays in that infamous half space 
um, you know, on on either wing. He likes to get in positions there. Uh, he has played as a, as you can see from his heat maps below. He has played anywhere across that front three, but in the latter half of last year, especially in a couple couple of Libertadores, he played more up front and he got more goals in that competition. You can see there he played eight games in the Copa Libertadores. He scored five goals last season uh, in that competition. So he had a real real purple patch. Um, at towards the end of the end of the season last year, especially in that competition, but the goals came from right side of the field. They came from left side of the field, and they came from balls over the top. Now, the second player I've got in there, and I know this is going to sound a small bit hyperbolic, and it's you know take it for what it is. There's a reason why I've picked David Villa as uh, as another similar type player. Now, I don't want people to fall off their chairs and say, "Oh my God, we're signing the next David Villa." That's not what I'm saying with regards to this. The reason that I've picked Avavia is when you look at Julian Alvarez, especially when he's played up top in a striker's role, and what you, when you look when he gets the ball in and around the penalty area, watch how deliberate he is with the ball. He just, he really reminds me of a Davavia. There's no wasted movement in there. The, everything is deliberate and he's looking to cur curling into the, into the bottom corner or the top corner, or he's looking to fashion an opportunity to get a shot at goal. Davavia for me was was one of the prime examples of a player that, that that could do this, whether it was with Valencia, whether it was with Barcelona again, as I said, same as Javier Saviola, whether it was even with Man City when he came to the Premier League, whether it was with whatever club, Spain specifically, Davavia was you could you could call him he was he was a complete striker, but like when he got that when he got the ball in the box you were an almost guaranteed a goal for me. He was just unbelievably deliberate with his movements and he didn't need to put his laces through the ball and smash it into the back of the net every time. But what he could do was he could fashion his own, his own chances once the ball was given to him in the box. He could run off the shoulder of the last defender. He could come in from wide positions, you know? So he was no mug when he had the ball in the attacking third, as I'm trying to say, is David Davavia. And I see some of that in Julian Alvarez. I see some of it. I absolutely do. Um, he scored scores a goal against uh, against Venezuela for Argent the Argentinian under twenties, and he comes in from the left hand side. So his movement is he, he comes in from out wide and he moves in from the left hand side, takes a little touch in the box, touches it past the player and passes into the bottom corner. But when you look at it, like when he's when he gets the ball initially, he's trying to stand that defender up. He's trying to run to a position so he can stand that defender up in that exact position at that angle within the box so he can take the deliberate deliberate uh, touch around the defender and place it in the bottom corner. It's hard to explain. It's kind of hard to explain without, without being able to show you the goal. But he's very, very deliberate in these movements. And I love that in a striker because you just can't teach that in a striker. And if you do, when you do have to teach that to strikers, uh, teach them to be deliberate and to abandon all their natural ability and be deliberate, they end up more often than not fluffing their lines. So if somebody is naturally able to be deliberate in the box, it's 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 for me it's a huge huge plus and it's not something that you see an awful lot from such a such a young player and um, think of maybe somebody like a Jermaine Defoe as well uh that's I know I've gone from David Villa to Jermaine Defoe <laughs> but both of them equally adept with the ball at their feet in the box and they knew what they were doing and they were able to carve out chances for themselves not exactly the tallest players in the world and but they were able to maneuver the ball around make it make it their own and score and and, and you know that's that's a, that's a massive skill to be able to have to be able to have um 
you look as well, he's got great movement through the middle. You look as well, he scored a goal against South Africa for the Argentinian in the 20s as well. Um, you'll be able to find it. You can just Google Julian Alvarez goal versus South Africa and, and, and it comes up on YouTube. Um, it's a crappy video, but you'll be able to see his movement through the middle. It's very simple. His movement through the middle is very simple. He just knows to get to the penalty area as quick as possible. Echoes of an Ollie Watkins who likes to do that, gets to the penalty area and decides whether he's going to go back post, front post. Um, he doesn't make his decision too early. He makes his decision based on what what what, uh, what uh, opens up in front of him. But for this goal in particular, Alvarez just continues his run, goes carved straight through the middle of, middle of the defence, ball is played back to him, simple tap in. You know, so he pops up in those positions, pops up in in advantageous positions, knows how to, he knows how to play as a striker for such a small man as well. And uh, he scored another absolute cracker. So this so he scored one lovely goal where he's taken it up from the left hand side in on his own against um, against uh, Venezuela, as I said, takes it in his own, stands up the the, the defender. Shifts the ball across the defender and and passes it into the in, in passes it into the net. Second goal is one where it's laid on for him, but his movement through the middle, coming from out from out wide, moves into the middle, makes arcs his run, makes a straight run through, but has a little tap in, and then to complete the three goals, uh, three goals that, that that I looked at as well, or three goals that I picked out, should I say, is a goal versus Santa Fe de Colombia, and I want you to watch this goal because. When the goal initially, the goal comes from a long ball. It comes from a long free kick from River Plate in, the, in their own uh, defensive area, in their own defensive half, should I say. A very long ball. Uh, you don't even see Alvarez in, in shot, but the ball goes up. It goes over the defense. Alvarez takes the ball out of the sky. Something beautiful. It was like caramel the way it came down on his foot. It was just beautiful. Takes it down one touch. Bang, and it, the ball would still be traveling if it didn't hit the net. It was an absolute scorcher. I implore you all to find it on YouTube and watch it because when you see it, he just takes that ball down and absolutely hammers it into the top corner. There's no saving it. It's just natural skill. I talked about him being deliberate in the box. This was this was the converse of it. This showed that he has this natural ability to be able to just hammer one in and has that little bit of um, South, South American flair that we all love to see. And we think that, you know, you, if you can sprinkle that in along a lot of the, the workhorses on this Aston Villa team, you know, that's something that we will be very, very um, happy to see. Um, but yeah, I suppose, realistically speaking, when, when, when we look at a player like this, what is the likelihood of him signing for Aston Villa. I think that is that is going to be a valid question. You know, it's going to be a real valid question. What is the likelihood? What, what pitfalls are going to be in the way for Julian Alvarez to sign for Aston Villa? So what could go wrong, I suppose, essentially? Well, number one, we mightn't be able to agree, agree a fee. I've seen numbers anywhere from 15 million up to 25 million. I've seen a report today from from South America from one person. It's just a one person report that says it's agreed. Fees agreed of twenty million euros. Who knows what to believe? I personally am not sure. Like I, I haven't heard that it's been done. I've only just seen on Twitter this, that, and the other. But it seems that we are very much wanting to have conversations with Julian Alvarez. Um, he's very high on the list of players that Ajax want to purchase as well. And we know Ajax's um, pedigree in picking up players from 
the uh, picking up players from South America or picking up youth players, should I say, and bringing them through and, you know, making them uh, stars, I suppose, at that level and selling them on. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. It absolutely will. It just goes to show that our scouting network is is far and vast. And the reason that it is far and it is vast, I think I'm going to go into a small bit. I hadn't planned on going into this in this podcast, but I think I will. Um, reason for uh, the reason that I feel that we're looking more towards South America is due to work permit, work permit uh, situations. Um, as you know, some of you may or may not have heard this. The uh, the the UK have left Europe. There was a thing called Brexit. Just in case you didn't hear about it, um, and since then there has been new work permit regulations, the requirements that have been brought in for players uh, that want to move to England post Brexit. Okay, and uh, I took a small look into this, and I wanted to see what the situation was with these work permits. And from the first of January, twenty twenty one, new rules have come into place. Now. I'm not going to go into too much detail in this. I might do a, do a full podcast on this itself. But uh, basically, the nuts and bolts are that the, 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 these new rules will allow teams to purchase players from South America a small bit easier, especially players from South America that are under the age of twenty under the age of twenty one. So, with regards to getting a work permit. Players will need to satisfy certain points or certain certain criteria. We all know that. That's always been the way it was. Um, with with Brexit or with the new work permit criteria since Brexit, it means that players that have played in competitions like the Copa Libertadores or the Copa Super, Sud America now have an elevated status with regards to the the banding or the 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 amount of aggregated points that they will get for playing a certain amount of minutes in those games. So we all know at this point in time that you have X player and when he comes to get a, a work permit, he when he comes to get a work permit, everybody normally says, Oh, has he played the requisite amount of games? Has he played um 35% or 39% of, of games for a top 10 FIFA ranked uh, side? That way he automatically gets a work permit. That's one way of getting work permit. Yes, it absolutely is. But there are numerous ways. So there are six different aggregating tables. And I won't go into too much detail in this. There's six different aggregating tables whereby you can earn points from based on your uh, your the, the, the FIFA world ranking of your team, based on the level of competition that your team played in, um, whether it be continental competition, um, where your team finished in your own national league, uh little things like this how many minutes you played in those and so on so the the threshold is that uh players need to accumulate a total of 15 points from those those six different aggregated tables um whereby those points are are administered from and that has to be done over a 12 month period now work permits i i i've looked at julian alvarez and i'm not a work permit aficionado I don't know whether this whether this is a hundred percent, but my view on, on <laughs> my view on Julian Alvarez is that based on the amount of time that he has played in the Copa Libertadores, the fact that he's playing for a team in Argentina, which are ranked number seventh in the world, uh, the fact that River Plate have finished second in their league last season, and the fact that he plays in a league whereby in a league band five league, which you which 
if you were to look at the tables, uh, would mean that he would he would get four points for that. All in all, adding up all the accumulated points based on his last 12 months of football, based on the, the competitions he's played in, I think he would get a warm work permit. I think he would accumulate 16 points based on um, based on those tables and my very early outlook on it and what I can see now. So my re- reasoning for this is based on his age, based on the amount of games that he's played, based on the competitions he's played in and based on where his team finished in, in their own domestic league last year, I think that Julian Alvarez would have uh, a very, very, very good shot at getting a work permit based on the point system. Should he not get it based on the point system, I think he would have a very, very good uh, shot at getting a work permit based on the appeal system where it would go to an independent panel. Based on the fact that he is so highly thought after, the fact that he's breaking into his new his um, senior international team, and the fact that you know a lot of big clubs are uh, looking to snag him away. So that's basically it on Julian Alvarez. That's what I've been able to find out. I'm still waiting on some more... Um, quote-unquote acquired tape uh, of Julian Alvarez to get a better um, to get a better sense of him. Hopefully this has been uh, a good uh, piece for you. I don't want anyone to take this away that we're signing the next Davavia. I hope to God we do. But basically, as I say, if you watch any of his video, if you watch any of his tapes, if you watch any of his YouTube stuff, uh, you'll see that the, the, what I mean by that. He's very deliberate in and around the box. And that's what we need with Aston Villa Football Club. We need somebody to be able to finish it, finish the chances we take. Ella Ollie Watkins uh, has done this season. And I think that Julian Alvarez would be a very, very good foil, whether either he's played up top with Watkins, whether he comes in instead of Watkins, whether he's used as an auxiliary right winger should uh, Buendia should uh, Traore um, maybe be injured or maybe should we want to shake it up a small bit I think he has the versatility and the and a lot in his arsenal to be able to go on and um, contribute massively for Aston Villa should he be signed so thanks everybody for listening and for watching please 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 we would absolutely love it if you could subscribe to us on YouTube Uh, just hit the subscribe button give us a like as well if you're watching this video and you like what you see please give us a thumbs up it really really helps us please leave a comment i hope and i try to get back to as many of those comments as well under youtube videos as i possibly can love the interaction love everything you guys do for the podcast please also follow us and subscribe to the to the audio podcast and give that a listen too as i say we do mix it up between the two platforms um, but I'm just delighted to be able to come to you today and do a little transfer piece on Julian Alvarez. We will be back later on in the week. We, you may have noticed that we've completely uh, neglected to welcome Ashley Young back to the club. Uh, that is something that we haven't been able to sit down and record. It's been mental here in uh, for the love of Paul McGrath Towers at the moment. But we are going to sit down, uh, myself and Paddy, and do a little look back at Ashley Young and look forward to what he can bring to the team. Um, anybody get any ideas or I want us to do any videos I still am in the middle of doing a James Ward-Prowse video as well so apologies that one hasn't come out I hope it will drop uh, later on next week I've expedited this one based on the fact that there are some uh, reports that he is due to sign or that Julian Alvarez is you know coming close to an agreement with Aston Villa but look it's all in the stars let's see what happens and let's uh let's see if anything does materialize from it so if you really really like this guys please share it around the place please give it a like please give us a subscribe a subscription whether it's on youtube costs you nothing or whether it's through the through the audio podcast we would really really appreciate it so thanks very much everybody for watching and for listening and all that's left to say is up the
Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.